Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Hello and welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, where as always, we're here trying to, working hard really, to try and improve our financial IQ with the understanding that there are multiple IQs. There's a fitness IQ, a romance IQ, relationship IQ, parent parenting IQ, and each one of them requires study, analysis, um, and effort to become good at. Total Wealth Academy is an education, mentoring, and coaching program for people who want to learn how to build a second stream of income using real estate. We build our second stream of income by buying groups of single family houses or little apartments, gigantic apartments, self-storage complexes, senior living, hotels, uh, strip shopping centers, you name it. If it produces cash flow, we're buying it. And it's based off of the comment that Warren Buffett said 30, 40 years ago, never rely on a sole source of income, a job. Always invest to create a second. And of course, he wasn't talking about stocks or metals or crypto because they don't produce cash flow. He was referring to income producing assets. Now, I want to bring my guest on pretty rapidly. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Terry Matheny, I've known him since 2009, so what is that going on, 14 years, is an outstanding sponsor, but he's also a passive investor as well. Not only does he lead the purchase management of apartment complexes, he's also passively invested in close to 4,000 units, I think 3,700 units, and he has been the sole sponsor or general partner on 1,700 units. Now listen to this. This is just crazy. In 2011, in 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, he won apartment association awards for everything from independent rental owner of the year to property of the year. Award after award. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different awards as a rental owner of the year, or his property actually won the award because it was in such good shape and so well managed. Now, a lot of you have asked me over the last few years when are you going to do a case study of a failed real estate deal? And it's very difficult to do because almost of the thousand, and I've seen over a thousand syndications, I believe. I would estimate I've seen over a thousand of them. I think I've seen about maybe 25 of them fail out of over a thousand. And it's just hard to find. And in most cases, 22 of those, it was due to fraud on the sponsor's Part. In other words, it wasn't real estate that was the problem. It was just a bad person involved in the deals. Well, 
I finally, Terry has been kind enough to agree to discuss a deal that went south so that you can see how hard it is for a real estate deal to go bad. I mean, when you hear everything that occurred, you're going <laughs> to, that just would never happen in a million years. Well, it's going to happen once every million years, and it did. Then we'll head into his standard deal where he made his partners a lot of money. So please welcome Terry Matheny. Terry, thanks a lot for calling in. How are you today? Hi, Steve. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. I've got my, my, my good partner, Susan, here with me as well. Hi, Steve. Oh, you're, okay, that's what, your wife. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? Doing great. Glad to be here. Thanks for both of you coming. Now, this will be fun then. Let me go over this. You've got Trace Property Management is your property management company. And your company actually handles, you're a full operator. I mean, you handle management, including accounting, employment, supervision, um, all asset management activities and acquisition activities, uh, due diligence. You're a one-stop shop. So 1,700 units you've been doing this on. What is your goal over, well, tell me this. Let's go back to 2008 or 2006, I believe it was. Right after you guys got married, you decided you wanted to build a second stream of income. Tell me a little bit about what motivated you to get started in this business. Yeah, yeah, Steve. Well, it, you know what? It's probably the motivation most people have. I was... I was uh, well into my 50s, uh, had a good job, a good career, making good money, and having, uh, in, 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 all, in all senses, a modest amount of money in my 401k, thinking, how the heck am I going to make this work for me, uh, as well as uh, having the, the, the youngsters coming out of college that knew as much as I did at that point. Uh, where they could hire two or three of those guys at salary. I was being paid nipping at my heels. And I just decided that I needed to plan my own exit from the corporate world before it was planned for me. And uh, Susan and I obviously, obviously reread the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, that completely clicked in our head and turned our uh, paradigm toward the proper way of thinking about money. And from there, it was off to the races, doing lots of studying, looking, talking to figure out the best vehicle for us. And in that case, the best vehicle was real estate. And then specifically, and we started in single family, then specifically after that, uh, multifamily real estate. Well, in your bio, you mentioned you really reached that point where you had so many single families, I think seven, and you realized, wait a minute, you know, these are all over the place. Why don't I buy one apartment complex? Was that kind of the thought process that moved you into apartments? Uh, yes, I'd like to answer this one. So definitely, they were all in the Austin area, and we were managing all of them, running all around, uh, trying to manage and also do our job. And it was just a lot. And we started thinking economy of, economy of scale, they're all in one place, and that was really appealing to us. 
What was the size of your first deal? How many units? 42 units. Whoa, that's good size to start with. And you learn so much, but it's not so big that it's overwhelming on your first deal. That That's cool. Right. And then, and we, go ahead. We were also intent on learning operations. And so I was the on-site manager with an assistant manager and um, we were managing it around our other jobs. And it was a great education. Now, your second complex, did one or both of you quit your job when you moved to the second one? So so it was actually, actually the third one. The, the quick okay. story on this is is that we, that we bought the 42 unit, we bought it out of foreclosure received in 2010 uh, on one corner. And then I came across the street at the other corner saying, I should pick that one up. So that was 56 units. So once we picked that one up uh, a couple of years, or a little less than a couple of years later, that took us to 96 units, which was a perfect size to say, great, now I can hire a real full-time, well, not that Susan wasn't a real full-time manager, but I can hire a real full-time manager, a maintenance guy, and we can run these things with a little bit more economies of scale. Uh, And then then, uh, another six months later, the one exactly next to it, we picked up, and so we got three relatively small small properties, three about 50 units total that we were running, uh, and so that took us to uh, late late 2012, and then it was in 2013 that I picked up our big property, 192-unit Creekside Trade, and I'm spreadsheeting, spreadsheeting, spreadsheeting. I said, okay, we're making this much money here. I can perform with this much money here. And, and, but I need about, you know, nine months maybe of money to support me because I won't be getting that until nine months later, but it's time. Let's go. And so I, I turned my resignation in on the day that we closed on that property. Wow. Now, how did that feel? Were you scared? Were you excited or both? Well, definitely both. Uh, We were scared, uh, excited, and at the same time, I was going, oh, my gosh, he's going to be home all the time now. Now, you know, (laughs) (laughs) terrified, right? (laughs) But we, we worked through all those feelings, and it was much less than those nine months before we were actually um, making the income that we expected to make. And so it got better. The, the angst went away. Yeah, the it's it was extremely exciting. I was kind of dumb. Um, I was almost numb when I did it, where the pay cut that I had received that motivated me had put so much pain in my life that... I wasn't scared. I was more excited. It almost blanked. It's like they um, blanked each other out. There was so much pain and so much fear. They just blocked each other out. We got to go to break. We'll talk more with Terry and Susan after the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. If you have money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, 
you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis. On the line with me are my very special guests, plural, Terry and Susan Metheny, who are incredible sponsors. Um, They've won eight different awards as Independent Rental Owner of the Year or Property of the Year. And we're really in the middle of a conversation about how they got started, what their motivation was, and so on. So, Terry or Susan... When you did the 192 unit, you ended up bringing on, I'm sure, quite a few partners and or LPs or passive investors. Tell us a little bit about how that made you feel when people stood up, got behind you, and helped you grow your portfolio. I know for me, it was an extremely shocking, you know, there's so much responsibility that comes with it. But at the same time, it makes you feel good. What what was your what were your thoughts when you had all these people going? Yeah, we'll help you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right, Steve. On this 192 unit, obviously, uh, some of the you know many of the partners had been on our first three small deals, and so they saw the benefits of real estate as. From there, and so they joined on as well, and we had plenty of new people too. It is each time to this day, it's very humbling, and we never forget that we are the stewards of these folks' hard-earned money, and we our our goal is to always uh, work work hard for them. We always kind of consider our partners as being our uh, Board of directors, let's say, uh, we you know we we always give our reports and talk to them all the time and listen to them, and we always feel like we're working for them. Uh, it's quite you know beneficially mutually beneficial, but we always feel like we're working for them and we want to work very hard for them. So it's like I say, it's very humbling, scary, and and exciting. It's like a the incredible array of emotions when you do a big deal like that because there's so many moving parts, so many people involved, so many stakeholders. You know, you're there to serve your tenants, you're there to serve your employees, you're there to serve your investors. Um, but it's so rewarding when you start delivering those checks, you know, and you get those emails and those phone calls of grateful. Uh, it, it's just a good feeling. So... Well, let's let's because we're already towards the end of the first half of the show. Let's talk about this um, college town deal that you did. That everything in the world that could go wrong went wrong. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Right, right. So this was a deal we had in Huntsville, Texas, which is where San Houston State University is. San Houston State University is uh, in Huntsville, as I said. Huntsville also is where the 
state prison system is, and that's about the only two industries in town. Uh, it's a tier two university, so it's not something like a Texas A&M or University of Texas that, 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 you, that you would particularly hear about. Uh, we, we bought this property in 2017. It is a uh, purpose-built student housing, and by that we mean it is, was built as a student property solely to rent out by the bed, as opposed to a couple of the properties we've had before that were student housings, but they were a conventional kind of uh, a property originally, and you rented out the entire unit uh, in, that, in that manner. So, so, that, so that, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a difference on it. So we bought that in 2017. We'd all, we had all of our typical due diligence, all of our underwriting, and what and, and whatnot, and felt really good about it. Uh, but during that time, uh, we uh, well, from 2017 to 2022, the interest rates in the market have gone crazy. Had gone crazy low during that time, and money was pretty much free. So a lot of developers moved in, and from 2018 to 2020 there were basically a 64% more beds added in that market during that time, as well as the fact that the university, which had been growing at a clip of about 25 to 3.5% a year, over that time, it's, it's averaged 0.6% growth. And as I said, these are purpose-built student housing. It's not like you can decide to put other people in there. So... We had a lot of competition. We were doing pretty well. We were paying out distributions from from the second quarter of ownership up until the first quarter of 2020, and COVID hit. Right? They shut the university down. Every student, almost every student there, went back home because it's uh, pretty much a, uh, a that that kind of campus where they're mostly. Uh, sophomores and juniors, seniors maybe, they all went back home. Uh, so we had some huge delinquencies and whatnot, and then trying to pre-lease for the next year with, with all the uncertainty. Uh, whereas we would always maintain a 97% occupancy, we were able to get to 62%, but at a much lower average rate than we had had. So we had to limp through that fall of 2020 and spring of 2021 uh, time frame on on lower income, right? T- taking up a lot of our reserves. In fact, most of our reserves we had. Now, the other thing I want to mention, Steve, too, is that since this was a different kind of property than what we have had before, being a student housing property, the us and the lender both wanted us to have a professional third-party property management company doing this, and we just discovered that it harder to work with a third-party property management company and get them to do the things that need done and you want to have done that it is for ourselves. But that's what we've been working through, and it's a, you know, it's a challenge on its own. They basically forced you to have a third party. Yes, yes, yes. Not a fan. Yeah. So since then, like, so so then we we did our, uh, in, you know, from that, we started doing our – so student housing works this way. About in October of the fall, you start pre-leasing 
for the next fall. So it is a continual leasing pro- pre-leasing process the entire school year. Everybody moves out July 30, 30th. You get a big crew in there to do all the, the, the make-ready on it, which obviously costs more because you have all these people all at one time. And then everyone moves in August 15th for the, that next school year. And it all begins again in October. Uh, so it's a, it's a continual continual, not churn, I guess, but it's a continual grind, I guess is what I would like to say. Uh, so, so, we, so we got back up to 89%. So we were you know, almost 10% lower than we always had been. But here again, we had a lot lower rates because all of our units are four-bedroom, four-bath units. Gotcha. And you rent them out by room. Okay, we got to go to break here. We'll talk more about this when we come back from the break. This is the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Steve Davis. Thanks for listening. The stock market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You'll get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That is TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, along with my special guests, Terry and Susan Matheny. Coming back, I want to summarize this. You got it back up to 87%. Is that when you put it up for sale, or what did you end up doing with the property? So so we, so we, the, the following year, we put it up for sale. We were just not making the cash, uh, the cash flow we needed to, and we were pretty much out of reserves. And so we put it up for sale, and we got it sold uh, about a year ago. Wow, that that's the, like I said, that's the biggest. Well, I take that back. I had, um, let's see, Kaylee McMahon in Dallas. She is a sponsor at Total Wealth Academy. She has a horror story that you would not believe, but she ended up turning it around because it was a regular deal. It wasn't restricted to college students. Um, and now she's rocking and rolling. But uh, end up, bottom line, when you sold it, did you sell it for less than you bought it for? What ended up happening? Yeah, bottom line, Steve, is we sold we bought it for, which was absolutely devastating to us to lose some of our partner's money. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it was devastating for them as well. Uh, but however, it, was, it came as no surprise to anybody. We were very open, very commu- communicative this whole time. Uh, and the vast majority of those partners have said that they would absolutely invest with us again because we, you know, we, are, good, we, are, we are good sponsors and we're good communicators and they completely understood the situation. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, that makes us feel... Makes us feel pretty good, but 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 nothing makes us feel good about about losing losing money. It was absolutely 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 devastating. Yeah. Plus, you had money in the deal too. That's oh, yeah. what a lot of people don't realize is that 
these sponsors, they may put up several hundred grand. They may put up a couple million into the deal with their partners. So when a deal loses, while rare, it's still painful. Um, well, Steve, yes, we, we, we lost the money we put in, and we put more in uh, and lost it. But that's not near as painful as losing someone else's money. That I totally agree with. The psychology behind that is extremely painful. Well, with that said, I appreciate you coming on and being so honest and sharing that because, again, uh, listeners have always said, you never show a bad deal. So now I've shown two of them. One of them completely recovered. Uh, one of them lost some money. But let's go back to the standard deal. The other 900, 999 out there. Tell us about your favorite deal. Wow. Favorite. I'm going to tell you about a deal. I don't trust my favorite, but but it's it's not it's got a it's got a good story to it. Uh, this you know this it's a conventional property. All of all of the rest of our properties are conventional properties, and uh, we you know we it's, it, that's kind of our wheelhouse, and that's where that's where we're going to be at. Uh, but this was the this was the one we the fourth one we bought. Um, it was a it was a really short close. We went under contract in uh, uh, early, early to mid November, and we closed on December thirty first, twenty fourteen. This is a property in Bryan. So Bryan is the sister city with College Station in Texas, where Texas A and M University is. So this was a uh, our first uh, secondary market we went into. This property, uh, it, it could not get standard Fannie or Freddie financing, so we got a, a bridge loan for it. Um, you, you want me to go through most of the details of that, Steve? Well, I guess the condition was just so bad you had to use a bridge loan. Is that what it was, or what that's caused the, that? That's, that's correct. Okay. I, I, most of the listeners know about hard money and bridge loans, so I don't think you need to go too far into that. Right. Okay. So, so we purchased this thing for eight million dollars. Uh, this is so. This is December thirty first, twenty fourteen, and we had a five point seven five percent float over uh, over LIBOR. We raised three million in capital, of which a third of that was used for rehab. Rehab included uh, uh, painting, roofing. Uh, 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 foundation leveling, complete remodel of the leasing office, uh, addition of amenities such as uh, outdoor fitness centers, playground, uh, you know, all the things that make it look good and make it be a inviting uh, place for, for residents to want to, want to be at. Uh, and in 18 months, we were able to refinance out of that bridge loan into a Fannie Mae loan, and in 18 months, we returned over 100% of people's money to them. So from that point forward, they were pretty much in in for nothing. Wow. And that's that's incredible. 18 that's, months, 100% rate of return, which is like a 50% rate of return if you really – well, it's actually more like a 70-plus percent rate of return annualized. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and then you deal, know those people are going to be in your next deal. 
Yeah. So in this particular deal, uh, by the time we sold it, after three, I'm sorry, by the time we sold it, we had a, about 35% annualized return over over almost six years. So that's uh, that's that's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's incredible. So your internal rate of return was right around 35%? Yeah. So, so, so then... Then we ended up selling in August of 2020. The little story there is we went under contract in February of 2020. What happened in March of 2020? Uh, so we had a really, really long, drawn-out contract uh, that I was perfectly happy to keep on, keep this guy on the hook and keep you know keep him you know. And the funny thing is, during that time, our income increased, our occupancy increased, and but you know by the time we got to the in this, the summertime. You know, he, he, he almost had no choice to, clo- that, that to close because there was really nothing, nothing wrong with it. We were still able to run it well, and we ended up closing in August. So it was a February to August time frame, and we sold it for $14.75 million from an initial $8 million purchase price. Wow. Congratulations on that. That's incredible. Yeah. Especially that under was, the cir- circumstances but of know, COVID, right? But you know, the really interesting about this was uh, some stuff Susan can tell you about with some of our our uh, things that we did there that really uh, really helped help the community. Right. So when we took over this property, uh, the year that we took it over, uh, we learned from the Brian PD that that property had over 500 police callouts. To the property, it was it had the worst police callout record of any uh, property in Bryan, and so we came in and immediately started uh, tightening up our leasing criteria, uh, getting rid of the criminals, and cleaning the property up. We had a great manager, uh, and about eight months later, we got a visit from. One of the PD, uh, Brian PD officers, just to check up on us because that's what they did. And he told us that they were using our property as. I'm sorry, you're breaking up. I'm here. What I think I heard was they're using it as an example. Yeah, using it as a case study to show that you can turn around a property and take it from a crime haven to a home. Yeah, and true or false, did you have tenants walking up to you and thanking you? <laughs> we we did, and we had people writing us thank you letters and bringing gifts. And uh, it, one of the residents told our manager that uh, before uh, we took possession of it, people kept their windows shut. They were afraid to go outside. Uh, it was scary. And on the day that we were out there to receive our award for property of the year, uh, we saw kids playing on the jungle gyms, people walking their dogs, people sitting on their porch, having phone conversations. And it was like, this is a home. And that, to me, was the most rewarding aspect of owning that property is to turn it into people's homes while we were there, while we owned it. That's amazing. And, you know, we our little catchphrase is, you know, learn how to build wealth and peace of mind while helping and serving other people. It is, there's no exaggeration in that comment. That's exactly what we do. 
especially when we're doing these value adds where we're completely rehabbing the project, getting rid of the drugs, the thugs, the prostitutes, and just making it, like you called it, a place people can go call home. All right, we got to go to break. We'll be back with more after the break here on the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Thanks for listening. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com, TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I am your host, Steve Davis, along with my special guests, Terry and Susan Matheny. And we've been talking about their, uh, well, I called it the favorite deal, but uh, 35% internal rate of return where, you know, most speculative things like the stock market, mutual funds, uh, gold and silver, crypto, they're down around 7%. We're up around 35%. The choice is yours. If you've got a question for Terry or Susan or myself, please give us a call right now. We are in the final segment of today's show. It's 281-558-5738, 281-558-5738. K-S-E-V, or if you're a little shy, fire me an email. Put anonymous in the uh, subject line, and I won't use your name. It's steve at totalwealthacademy.com, steve at totalwealthacademy.com. Terry, Susan, what's your goal for your next deal? Do you have a number of doors you want to buy? Is it a value play? What are you thinking of doing next? Right, Steve. Sorry, by the way, back to this last deal real quick, I want to cover a couple things on that was, and, and, and on that property, went from the worst property to a, to a, to a great property. To, in 2016 and 2019, we won the Apartment Association Property of the Year Award, and we feel really good about winning awards like IRO, Independent Rental Owner, which is basically, you know, celebrates us, but we feel astounded to win something for the property of the year because that not only points to something we've done, it also points to our, our staff, uh, what they've done, and, and it's, it's a very, very proud feeling. Yeah, because when you train a staff that truly cares about the tenants, wants to make it a home, it takes that. You have to have that culture in the office or it's never going to translate into the property. Uh, so you you guys did an incredible job there. Yeah, and, and and actually the the manager at that property that that when we bought it stayed with us, and now she's also also our regional manager. So uh, that was probably our best purchase is to get her and have her as our regional manager. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, uh, my second property. I started off with ten units. Picked up this 22 unit with a lady named Alma Cortez. She ended up running four different complexes for me. And the funny thing was, the seller goes, you got to get rid of her. She's no good. No, it was them that was no good. 
they wouldn't give her money for make readies. They wouldn't give her money to repair the property. And they couldn't understand why the property wasn't running right. You know, I came in, gave her the money, and she turned out to be incredible and saved yeah. me yeah. so that's, much uh, time. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's what we discovered. So anyway, moving forward, uh, we are, we're looking now. We're looking for an opportunity to where the sellers are going to recognize the market we're in, which to me feels a whole lot like a 2008-9-10 kind of a market and waiting for them to uh, recognize where the cap rate needs to be uh, and therefore where the price actually needs to be as opposed to something they could have got a year ago. Uh, but we, but we, our, our last several, several deals have been in the uh, 200-ish range, and we find that that is a pretty darn nice area uh, to where you can have enough staff, enough that if even somebody is sick for a day or two, the other the other person on site can help cover for them, and not so big that it feels like a small city you're managing. And have you picked a town? Are you going to try to stay in Houston, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas? Where are you thinking? So we tend to stay closer to home on um, the I-35 corridor, so really anywhere between Waco and San Antonio. Uh, what we currently own ourselves right now is in San Marcos and San Antonio. What do you think of Waco? Uh, it's kind of similar to College Station. Uh, it, it's in that sense, it's got the college. It's also got some other good industries around there. Uh, I tell you, I wouldn't go buy a purpose-built student property there, but uh, uh, I, but, but but we would we would buy a we would buy a conventional uh, property there, sure. Yeah, I've had several people, I think, just email me out at random about properties in the Waco area, and you know when you looked at the numbers and the cap rate. It looked pretty exciting, so I didn't know if you maybe you knew something was going on there that I didn't. Um, well, that what well, that and, and Temple, which is right near Waco, there too, is is, is a a good market as well. Colleen, maybe not so much, but uh, but Temple and Waco are good markets there. And then I forgot to, or maybe I did ask, but are you looking for a value play? You're going to try to do a yield play. Which one? So these okay. So let me just say that I that I think almost everything we've bought before are are value plays, and that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a whole lot of capital infused value. Many times, the biggest value is in running the property correctly, getting a good management in there, management team, and running it properly, and that's where the last few deals, we've squeezed the most value uh, as opposed to uh, some of our first deals were really deep value, meaning there's a whole lot of capital to put into the, the, the rehab and whatnot. Uh, that being said, Steve, you know, how, you, know the, the, you know how the story goes. It's pretty much if it looks like it could make good money, I'll do it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. it, 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 could be a, it could be a deep value or it, it could be a yield, but... To me, yields are also a value play because 
they've got to look good enough that you can get get something with it because it's usually management is not doing their job. Yeah, that that is the truth. They're they're not focused on helping and serving those tenants. They're in it just for their own benefit, and they end up. You know, I I want to be careful how I say this. I don't think that a lot of people that end up being slumlords go into the deal saying, I'm going to be a slumlord. I think they mismanage it so much, they don't put the money where it needs to go, and the next thing they know, they've got lower rents, horrible condition property, and they got themselves a slum on their hands because they didn't know what they were doing when they bought it, and then there's the opportunity for you and I to go in there and buy something. Right and really change the income and increase the NOI. Well, Stephen, and I think something you didn't say, when you, on the introduction, you said we've known each other since 2009, but what you didn't say is how do we know each other since 2009, and that's because we were in the mode of uh, wanting to do real estate and knowing that I needed to find a mentor, needed to find something to help me learn this, and heard you on a radio show very similar to this, and signed up with you guys, and having others that have done this, having people to help you along, as well as the other members there that also help each other a lot, has been invaluable to us. And we would, we would, we we have people all the time asking us about about doing real estate investing, but we we tell people that. They they just need to go get educated. You you can't you can't not get educated to do this stuff. Oh yeah, trial and error is going to cost you more than education in every case. When when you know when I, I tell a story how I sold a property three hundred and forty nine thousand dollars less than it was worth that little ten unit. It was because I was too greedy to go pay the 35000 to learn the apartment business. I made the assumption that since I had run 100 single-family homes, I could run an apartment. Well, they're totally different. If I'd have paid that 35000 I would have made $349,000 more than I did. So, yeah. yeah, I appreciate that comment, Terry. Yeah, and, well, and right. that's the same thing we did too, Steve. And the fact of the matter is, is, that, is that in my mind, I made a complete... A, a statement to myself that this was not a fee I'm paying. This is part of my investment. So basically, in my mind, I just added that to whatever property I bought in a way, and that was my total investment because it it absolutely was an investment for us, and it has paid off greatly and keeps paying off. We we look, we we still go to conferences all the time. We go to group meetings all the time. We go to learning. Keep, continually learning on on this stuff all the time you have to all right susan terry thank you so much for coming on the show congratulations on your success and all your awards and we'll talk again soon thanks everybody for listening have a great rest of your day you've been listening to the total wealth academy radio show please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal tax or investing advice always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions to find out more about coaching and consulting at total wealth academy visit totalwealthacademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing thanks for listening have a great day